0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome to Believe in Colts, where Lawrence Owen and Daquel Jackson brings you everything about the shoe. What's going on, Colts Nation? Here we are live. Lawrence Owen, Dequell Jackson, Believe in Colts, and we are here to talk about this upcoming game with the San Francisco 49ers. How have you been, DeQuel?
0: I've been good. I, I can't complain. You know, God is good. I woke up today breathing. Uh, let's talk some ball. I'm ready to go. I feel the same way every time. I'm like, how are you doing?
1: Well, I woke up. That's a good start.
0: Right? <laughs> right, 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 right. As long as we're doing that, all else is easy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: Man, so a lot of news has happened. Uh, since the last we talked on Monday with the Indianapolis yeah. Colts, uh, we'll go ahead and drop the first, the big one, with uh, uh, Julian Blackman, you know, suffering an Achilles tear in practice yesterday mm-hmm. at the end of practice. Man, that's got to be – that's devastating, obviously, for the team because Blackman has really been showing up this season. But right. for the team that we've already seen, when you got to have backups in – that they're not performing nearly as well as the starters have been this year when the backups come in and now yeah. you're gonna have a backup full time the rest of the year sitting there at free safety. Uh right. what's what's that gonna be like for the team?
0: Man, it, it's just you know this team I feel like is they've they've just been injury riddle, you know, and, and this is part of what we've come to to getting used to what the what what this is the 2021 Colts. They can't catch a break. You know, every week, the last two weeks, you look at how they played the, the game of football and they offensively, we've gotten better. Carson Wentz has been able to open things up offensively. T.Y. Hilton comes back and now it's a 50-50 chance he may play. This has been like a playing musical chairs for the Colts. It's like next man up. So I, I think this team has become used to dealing with this. Uh, unfortunately, Julian Blackman played a huge part of this defense this year, and uh, he was coming to his own. He took over from uh, Malik Hooker, and I mean, he was doing he was doing a fantastic job on the back end. Now, you know, we bring in two guys off the street, basically. You know, we mm-hmm. cut Jacoby, um, Jacoby Eason, and we bring in two guys off the street, Denard and Jones. Now, they are experienced guys, but they haven't been they haven't played with this group of guys, and they don't know the system. So this is going to be, you know, learn-on-the-fly type of deal. Unfortunately, you know, it comes at a, a tough time where the Colts have finally been able to put a win on the column, and now you face a 49ers team that is, you know, if you don't bring your A game, this game could get very ugly very soon.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, speaking of which, that's that's awesome that you brought that up because Sade loading in the chat straight up, First thing out out of their mouth. Does Josh Jones play tomorrow in, in, in replacement of that?
0: I mean, listen, they, they didn't sign him just to sit on the bench and watch. So at some point to some capacity, he's going to be in. And if you're the opposing team, if you, if you're scouting, you know, our defense, when he's in the game, there's nothing exotic that's going to be run. He doesn't know the blitz package. He doesn't know the two minute package. He doesn't know the four minute package. He knows how to play base defense. And that's why they probably went out and signed some veteran guys who can somewhat understand what fluce wants to call defensively. Now, again, we got to be patient because we can't expect these guys to come in and just make plays. But uh, it's going to be a very vanilla game plan if we see those guys on the field. And I'm quite sure we are going to see them at some point. If you got a
1: couple backups, especially guys that ain't, you know, that haven't been on your team, like you say, know the playbook, understand the other guys, would it be safer just to make sure that they, they are consistently, you know, playing the two deep and, 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 and making sure, you know, your number one job is to make sure there's nothing over the top, or do you bring them in Mm -hmm. on blitz, blitz packages and things like that as well?
0: Well, if, if I'm a coordinator, if I'm, if I'm flutes right now, I think about giving him giving both of these guys a package, right? Here, Here's the plays that we're going to call when you're in the game. fluce is experienced enough to realize, okay, he's going to get a, a warning from his defensive backs coach, hey, Jones is in the game. And now he's going to go to his play sheet with Jones in the game. So he's going to give him probably a handful of blitzes, a handful of coverages, which every player in the secondary can play. However, you don't want to be, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself to where, as I spoke earlier, you don't want to have him in the game and not be able to run any exotic pressures. Because if I understand it and we all understand it, the quarterback's gonna understand it and the offensive court Kyle Shanahan is gonna understand it and he's gonna manipulate it. So you don't wanna play with you don't wanna play with your hands behind your back. So it's gonna be very interesting to see how they implement him and what his role will be to help this football team because they can't afford any more injuries. You know, this is this is the hand that was dealt to the Colts. And right now, you know, the good thing about the coach defense right now is they've been able to generate a lot of turnovers. I believe they're fourth in the league with 12 turnovers in, um, you know, the first quarter heading into the second quarter of the season. So that's one thing to hang your hat on. And hopefully these guys can just play, play loose and play uh, with some freedom somewhat. And, you know, you, you're going to have a small sample size of plays for each one of these guys I've been a part of it far too long. You know, when I was in uh, Cleveland, we had guys coming and going. So I, as a signal caller, this is some of the things that I had to deal with in terms of new guy coming in. Okay. This is what we run. You're going to have your meetings with the, your position coach, defensive coordinator, just to put these guys at ease of saying, Hey, listen, we're not going to throw anything at you that we hadn't gone over prior in the week. And so uh they it's unfortunate but these guys are pros these guys understand their roles and if they want to hang around here and 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 make some plays and and make and earn a living you know you this is what you have to do this is part of the NFL this is part of maturing because guys get injured and this is an opportunity for one of these guys to step up and hopefully you know surprise us all absolutely um I think yesterday
1: uh, Fred Warner had a press conference for the 49ers. I'm sure you know who Fred Warner is, yeah. uh, the linebacker over there. And he was asked a specific question of yep. uh, was there a guy, you know, what what do you think of Jonathan Taylor? You know, and he brought up this story about, you know, when he came out into the combine and everybody was asking him, you know, every team that interviewed him asked him who was the toughest player you ever came against. That's the number
0: one question you get asked. And yeah.
1: and his yeah. his answer was Jonathan Taylor, and wow. it, it was because I guess he ran like 230 yards against Fred Warner and his team when mm. when when Jonathan Taylor was a rookie and he was just coming. You know, he was a senior at the time, so uh, right. for for a rookie to make that kind of an impact. And for him mm-hmm. to still go, yeah, he's a good player, uh, that's yeah. that that that's a big sign. Does that can the Colts use that? Do you think that's something, you know, where he's got a ton of respect for Jonathan Taylor? Can the Colts use that in a way to to because obviously it might be raining, you know, right. uh from right. fr- from what the weather looks like. Um right could they end up using that situation to kind of use him as a decoy at times, maybe?
0: Yeah, I mean, that the game is all about matchups. You know, that this is, and you alluded to it, there's probably a 90% chance, I read somewhere there's a 90% chance that there's going to be a messy, rainy game between the hours of the game Sunday night. So, yeah, you have to, this is a game where you got to go back to your drawing board, you know, look at your scheme, look at who your opponent is, and look at matchups. And Jonathan Taylor is going to be a mismatch more times than not, um, week in and week out, because of his versatility, out of the backfield, catching the football. We've witnessed a few weeks ago of him taking a screen, screen play over 60-some-odd yards for a touchdown. Last week, again, an 83-yard um, you know, um, run play. So uh, he's more than capable of, of gaining that respect from the opponents. This is just one of them. I'm sure that entire 49ers off or defense has uh, been made aware how versatile this guy is, because right now, between you and I, he is the drive starter for this offense. Mm-hmm. When he's rolling, when he's cooking, now Naheem Himes gets going, now Marlon Mack can get in the mix, and now you look at Carson Wentz from the quarterback position, not throwing the ball 40 times. He's throwing the ball efficiently for 20 attempts, and anytime we can reduce those attempts and keep it around that 20, 25 mark, that tells me we're running the football effectively, and Jonathan Taylor is making a stamp on that this football game.
1: Absolutely. You brought up Marlon Mack, and we we was something else we discussed before we came on was uh, it was reported that San Francisco's one of the teams that are interested in a trade for Marlon Mack. Let him cook. Would, <laughs> would, you, would you would you be using Marlon Mack against San absolutely. Francisco tonight? Absolutely,
0: uh-huh. absolutely. If I'm a, look, everyone has to know if you want to basically raise his value, you let this guy handle the football you let him touch the football more than five or six touches you let well you can't let him know obviously but I'm sure Marlon Mack has he's reading the clippings the same clippings we, we're reading so he understands given the opportunity he's going to try to go out here and make this team trade for him and put him in a better situation because the 49ers this is something they, they've dealt with in the running back uh, in the backfield. They don't have a crowded backfield like the Colts. They need a guy that can solidify who's the guy Marlon Mack, a hungry Marlon Mack who's shown before the arrival of Jonathan Taylor that he was a capable guy to to get it done. So they need a guy. So why not feed him the ball, put him on display, let John Lynch and, and, and Kyle Shanahan look at the potential talent that they could potentially pick up moving forward. And especially so if we have a Uh, A messy, you know, the weather isn't ideal. So uh, this is a great opportunity for Marlon Mack. I'm sure Marlon Mack understands it. I'm sure everyone, you know, everyone's paying close attention uh, to everyone, you know, because the trade deadline is coming up pretty soon. And and teams are going to try to position themselves to better their football team, especially so both of these teams who have been riddled with injuries on both sides of the ball.
1: Absolutely. I, 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 think so as well. And speaking of injuries, we're getting some guys back. Uh, the report is that, you know, Quentin Nelson now is, is out there practicing. You got Braden Smith, yes. you got Braden Smith out there doing individual drills, which is nice to hear. And, mm-hmm. and we got a guy who was on the pup list. Um, you know, Dale Odangbo, uh, that second round yes. defensive end. Now, I understand the offensive players, especially the offensive line guys. If it's going to be raining, we need them drastically because they're going to be needed in the run game. Yes. Um, How important would it be to get one, if not both of these guys uh, on the offensive line and possibly have a fully healthy offensive line against San Francisco's front seven.
0: Right. And that's a great point because that is going to be the difference of this football game, whether, Who we think will have the advantage or not getting a guy like Quentin Nelson back getting some rotational guys back on the offensive line for the Colts, especially so when the weather is not supposed to be ideal and muddy and rainy and all this other stuff. You need your front seven to be in sync and play with some continuity and because you know, quite frankly, no one wants to throw the football, you know, 35, 40 times with a slippery football and you know, you look at our receiving core. You know, I said earlier, this we don't know if, if T.Y. Hilton is going to play. He made a, he, he, you know, the first catch of last game against the Texans showed up four receptions for 80 yards. So he, he, anytime he steps on the field, he's an asset. But this type of game to get your horses back, I mean, that gives the entire team just a sigh of relief because you know what Quentin Nelson brings his energy, his leadership, his toughness, and the ability to run the football behind him is, is, will give you just instant credibility and and just confidence to run the football if if need be. And with with Carson, Carson Wentz, I know he, he's, uh, he's more athletic than than most people give him credit for, but you know, he, he's a tough guy who stands in the pocket and you give him one more asset to, to help to give him confidence to stand up right and throw the football down the field. Um, you know, the advantage goes to the Coles offense.
1: I believe so, too. Hey, I'm going to take this moment just to say, hey, guys, if you're watching this, please smash that like button, hit subscribe, if you're not subscribed, and tag that notification bell so that you're notified next time we go live. Uh, my co-host on my my other channel uh, just dropped a dollar in the tip jar, so I really appreciate that. Hey, guys, if you want to make sure your, stu- your uh, questions or comments wants to be shown, make sure you uh, use the link that is in the description down here. Uh, it says tip but your stuff will definitely come up and he pops up here and asks a really good question and that question i don't know if anyone can see it but is film study more important for the d due to due to a sloppy field you know kind of knowing where the d is going ahead of time
0: i think it's all equally important i think more importantly when you have a sloppy field it's your shoes It's going to be your shoes, your spikes and and any guy in the league who will tell you who, you know, I had the experience of playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers twice a year in Cleveland for eight years. That was the number one issue every year, because most players, depending on your position, I can only speak for the linebackers. We hate those long spikes that every trainer wants you to use when the field is sloppy and it's muddy and it's uh, un you know, not ideal situations your footing is going to be everything because you're going to see a lot of slips. You got to play with the game. is going to slow down. Um, you got to play with great leverage. You have to bend your knees and it's an adjustment. The first quarter or so will be an adjustment of just how to keep your footing and how to place yourself because you're used to the game being played at a certain speed. When that's compromised, when the field is compromised, you have to adjust. And some people adjust better than others. For me, it was the work, my feet, it, it just killed my feet to wear these extremely long spikes just to get footing. And uh, that's, you know, you tend to see a lot of, you know, rolled ankles because the, the mm-hmm. spikes are so long, it doesn't give. So to answer the question, I think, you know, film study is, is important. I don't think it sways one way or the other. I think it's important uh, regardless to, to be, uh, your preparedness is everything. You know, if, if you don't know, if you don't have any idea about the opponent's tendencies every snap based on a down and distance based on the, the the situation of the game, then you're lost. You're not giving yourself a chance to be successful. So, um, you know, it does make the game a lot easier, though, Lawrence. I can tell you that from a defensive standpoint, the offenses aren't going to run. I, I, I don't want to say not going to run a lot of motions, but things tend to be more simplified when the rain and, you know, increment weather happens, because now the coordinator's looking at his play sheet. Well, this reverse double pass or Philly special or whatever, we may not run that because the ball is slippery, the the ground is slippery. This may backfire on me. So coordinators tend to be a little bit more uh, hesitant uh, when it comes to exotic plays. But, you know, as the game unfolds and as things kind of show show themselves in terms of – What plays work and what plays aren't working, you know, you tend to see a little bit uh, more of a risk down the road. But early on, this is going to be an ugly game. This isn't going to be a pretty game at all. This is going to be a 907, you know, bring your big boy type of pads, Um, you know, uh, traditional runs, you know, the games that I enjoyed. I enjoyed those because I didn't have to worry about the ball going over my head. I could just play downhill and make some plays. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how this game unfolds um jimmy g you know will jimmy g be full strength uh you know how would that old line protect them because this is this game is about the front seven offensive line versus defensive line versus our running backs and their linebackers and vice versa this is what I'm, I'm looking forward to this game on sunday night
1: absolutely i am too uh very exciting it's it's a measuring stick for the colts you know yeah. it's yeah. definitely a measuring yeah. stick because
0: we 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 spoke about it before where we feel like this team could easily have more wins than losses mm-hmm. you know the rams game the seattle game and you look at the 49ers well their two wins have been against opponents that aren't playoff caliber teams you know they've lost to some teams that were playoff caliber teams last year so these both of these teams are in a um of a similar space. They need to go out and prove they can beat a, a decent team. And I really think the 49ers are um, a team that is uh, uh, could be overlooked for sure.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, Well, I I don't know if they're going to be overlooked uh, too much by certain players on the team. There is a Mm. specific defensive tackle on the Indianapolis Colts. That's going to walk into this game and have something to prove. Uh, Yeah, buddy. Well, (laughs) What are you expecting from DeForest Buckner in this game?
0: All-out energy. Mm All-out energy to get back on track. He cannot wait. I don't care how how much guys downplay playing your previous team. Doesn't matter. Or it's just another game. That's BS. Mm -hmm. I can tell you right now. That's (laughs) BS. You want to win that game more than any game you've played thus far. Because you want to make them realize, you know, I can still play this game that I'm not trash, that I'm, you know, I'm just as good as you thought I was early in my career. So he's definitely going to, I'm quite sure, you know, what, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, So Chuck Pagano would do this, right? We had our solidified captains and, excuse me, based on who we were playing weekly, you know, you'll. it was brilliant. I mean, it's so simple, but it's brilliant. You'll look at the roster, okay, old. DeQuell played in Cleveland. Oh, he's gonna be the captain for this, you know, and and you just it gives guys extra motivation to go out there and, and play a little, you know, two percent better. You know, so uh he's definitely getting up for this game. That there's no doubt in my mind he's marked this one on his calendar when the the schedules came out because uh, you know, he had a great career there. He had a really great career there.
1: Yeah. I mean, after his rookie, rookie contract was over, they traded him because they didn't think that they wanted to pay twenty one million a defensive tackle then they go off and sign the guy that they had a couple years later uh mm-hmm. you know to an 18 million dollar contract so they didn't want to pay that extra three mil over the right. other guy to keep right. buckner and buckner right. did say in, in a press conference i think two or three days ago mm-hmm. when asked about that he said this is personal for me
0: absolutely this, this is this is absolutely, absolutely. personal yeah, I mean, who wouldn't take it personally? when I when I when when the, the the Browns released me, and I had a chance to play back in Cleveland and with the Colts. Oh, and at the time, it was myself and Mike Adams. We were mm-hmm. both had spent time um, in Cleveland, and we knew all the people there. So it, oh man, it, it, it felt so good to win in the fashion the way we did. I uh, came down to the last drive basically, and they turned the ball over. And pops Mike Adams um, got the interception. So it was it was um, it's always really good to to win at your uh, beat your former team. I'll tell you that, especially when they just threw you away. <laughs> That's yeah. what we feel like. We
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. So Dio uh, Odangbo, the 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 defensive, I'm gonna call him a defensive lineman because I have no idea where he's yeah. gonna play on that line. He's played everywhere oh. in college, uh, right. very, very long, athletic, kind of reminds you a little of a DeForest Buckner in a way in, in, in his mm-hmm. physical stature and, mm-hmm. and, and things of that nature. But, again, coming off an Achilles, he's a yeah. rookie, you know, yeah. and uh, has yet to even take a snap uh, yeah. of practice yet. Even though he's back, how long would you expect before you, we might even see him?
0: Yeah, um I mean, he hasn't practiced yet. Uh, it's a good sign that he's been activated um uh, early in the season. Going into the second quarter of the season, there is 17 weeks, so I'm thinking it'll take him probably 3 weeks to really get in game shape, practice shape before they start to throw him out there. And that that I'm not I'm not claiming to be a doctor. I don't know, you know, I've never had an Achilles tear, but to be on the safe side, if you haven't run, we don't know I don't know the the, the 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 detail, the very you know small details of what has he been doing, you know, before his act before he was activated. Has he been sprinting? Has he been running? Has he been cutting? Because you can do all of those things, but when you line up against someone and you're getting ready to blitz, that adrenaline gives you an extra boost of energy, something that you hadn't practiced. You can't practice that. And you need to trust that that Achilles. That is a big. We we spoke offline before we started here. You know that Achilles tear, man. That that is a big injury to come back from, and not only because it's it's your ankles, you know, it, it, it's, it's your Achilles, but the mental side of it. Can you prep? Can you push off of it without popping it? You know, and, and you got to get over that mental hurdle. So in my in my estimation, I think about three or four weeks before we actually see him back on the field moving and contributing because God knows the Colts can use any more pass rushers to to create havoc and play behind the line of scrimmage. And he's a guy that they they expect a lot from him. And hopefully we'll see him sooner than later. Hopefully I'm wrong and we see him a lot sooner.
1: Yeah, I was, out, believe it or not... Um... When I did my live stream yesterday, I was talking the same thing. I was like, you know what? Uh, When he, you know, comes back, I I, I figure it'd probably take about a month, you know, before we yeah. saw him on the field because, like I said, right. he's a rookie. He has not taken a snap of practice, let
0: alone. And you he's know, so far behind. He he's only taking mental reps, uh huh, walkthrough reps, nothing, high tempo when motions move, how the the coverage changes, and. He hasn't gone through any of it. So to throw him out there on the field and say, hey, we expect you to pick this all up when a bullet, when it's real time, when every game matters, every play matters, every snap, every every series, and especially for this football team to dig themselves out of this hole, you're taking a huge risk of throwing him out here, throwing them on the field too early. So I figured they would take their time to make sure they're comfortable and give him a small sample size, small menu of plays, you know, to make him feel confident so you can build off of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, we're definitely going to need him because we have had our, our problems on the D-line when it comes to pass rushers, not just not being able to, to to get to the quarterback and perform sacks, but injuries as well. Like right now, you know, two of our more important guys, Cody Pay and Kamoko Torre are dealing with injuries. And if we can't, we need as many as we can out there healthy and ready to go. And, man, the Colts, you you mentioned They need to
0: just have a walkthrough practice every week from here on out just to save the guy's legs because you can't afford to keep. It's a part of the game. We all know that. But if you're going to have a chance, and if I'm Frank Reich, listen, I'm always saying, anytime I was a player, I always thought, This year was the year I was potentially going to get released. So I got to do what's best for myself. And in Frank Wright's case, you got to do what's best for your team. You need your guys healthy. If you can't hit or tackle or block someone right now without pads, then you don't deserve to to get a check, collect a check, and be on this football team. Take the pads off. I would legit have a walkthrough practice where my guys aren't – because you can't afford to – you know, Julian Blackman, you know, tears – Tears his Achilles at practice. I get it. Things happen, but now try it. Try it for a week or two and see how motivated those guys will be to go out and run and hit on Sunday. I promise you it works. A lot of coaches are afraid to do it. But when you do it, the veterans kind of take over at this point and let the young guys know, hey, listen, this guy's throwing us a major bone. We need to make sure we go out here and play our tails off and play like our butts on fire. Just so we can repeat this cycle, you know, taking these pads off. But you gotta, you gotta find a way. You know, I, I feel bad for these guys at times, but it's a part of the game. Uh, there's a bunch of good
1: questions in the chat right now, but I've got one more thing I want to bring up before I get into the chat itself, and that is that Frank Reich was asked, you know, how hard they practice right mm. and he says that in train. now in regular season the practice isn't nearly as physical right? as it is like say in training camp in training camp they say man you 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 go really hard and all out and right. and he just to get into football kind of shock your system back into sure, in the, in, in the sure. play necessary yeah and he said that and, and i find it funny he says that all the, almost every fight that has happened over the last few Mm -hmm. years while he was coach when it was between uh, the Colts and the visiting team that they were practicing with, whether it was like the Browns last year or the Panthers this year, all those fights that happened was Mm -hmm. because the Colts were, were, were there scrapping for the football every five seconds and, and they took it personally. Right. Right. Um, right. Is that, is that something that in your, (laughs) in your experience, (laughs)
0: I don't know he's he's exactly right he's exactly right because I mean here's the thing in training camp you're asking for trouble when you bring in another team Mm -hmm. to training camp because you know this better than most people you're away from your families. You don't have your wife with you. You're, you're around all these guys, all this testosterone all day. The same smells, the same crappy food. They're literally intentionally trying to mess with you mentally. And then you got to go out here and practice against your, your guys. And it's hot. It's the middle of August. And you have on all these pads, And um, you love it, but you hate it at the same, same time. But then you decide to bring... A team into this facility when I'm on edge already <laughs> it, it, you can almost guarantee it's going to happen every single time and the way the Colts go after the football I can see how that can get annoying as hell you know during training camp and how it would spew a fight so yes and I and I thought you were going to say this most of the fights that I've ever witnessed or been a part of myself whether it be in training camp or the regular season, I've been in full pads. I've been in full pads. And when the pads are off, the energy goes down a bit. You know, your focus kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're more playing the game above the shoulders and, and now you can focus on actually your job and how you're, what you're supposed to do and what a coach wants to get from you based on the call. So, um, (laughs) that's funny, man. Training camp, I I hated training camp. I absolutely despise it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But training camp nowadays is a lot easier than what it was in in the past. But training camp is still training camp, man. It's still brutal. It's still tough on your body, mentally and physically draining. And yeah, you know, you can't avoid the fights. You know, a bunch of guys, 60 guys, every single day, it's bound to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's... I mean, when when you get under, you're gonna something's going to happen at some point in in any practice, where you know one guy's not necessarily meaning to be disrespectful to the other guy, but the other guy might take it that way. You know what I mean? Right.
0: And, right. And every guy on the team is propped differently. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to. I, I, there was a coach named Pep Hamilton, and mm-hmm. he said some words. So before practice, you know. We had a time, we had a you know a horn that would go off that would tell everyone it's practice time, get in your stretch lines. And uh, there was some rookies, undrafted rookies, kind of lagging. It, it became a routine. They were lagging. They were always last to come out of the building. You would always see them running to the stretch line. Well, you have scouts, coaches, everyone's paying attention and watching your habits around the building. So Pep Hamilton, he said some words to me that I'll never forget. He told these guys to afford to be who you uh, be, who you can afford to be. And that speaks volumes in an NFL locker room because the Andrew luck you're, you can get away with, you know, you get a pass, you know, the last guy on the totem pole, you know, you can't afford to be out here, you know, getting in trouble, being late. But to your point about the whole fighting deal, guys are in training camp, guys are trying to make the team. And you can't and that's where a lot of the 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 extra energy comes from because that guy, let me get a little deep on you for a second. All right. <laughs> that guy may have a family, you know, kids and he's bounced around from team to team and he's trying to, you know, sink his teeth into this organization. And he may be up against a guy like myself who was, you know, a starter and I may not necessarily want to I had a, it was a bad day for me, so you know it all depends on how your position in the uh, within an organization, uh, with the team, and you can't. You, I've always, you know, understood when guys that are trying to make the team are, are all out, and that's how you play the game, you know. So uh, it, that's my little I caveat out of information. Right I don't.
1: I I absolutely do not see how uh, uh, a UDFA would. Even allow himself to be lagging in any aspect of of you practice or anything like right. that, you know, because you you would think I, I I gotta show even more, you know, oh, to yeah. get on this team and don't 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 give them anything mm-hmm. bad to to look at. I got another yeah. another tip by my by my co-host from my other show. Uh, man, you are all over it today, my guy. Um, mm-hmm. let's see here. We got. Let me bring up mine. Is there anything the secondary can do to gain advantage in bad weather? They shouldn't do in normal conditions, like you know, playing tighter the line of scrimmage
0: or closer to your mm-hmm. man, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I may have to think about that for a second. So, anything the secondary can do to gain advantage in bad weather? Huh. I mean, film. that we, we talked about the film study earlier, that's a given. Um, hmm. I would think because the game slows down a bit, you're able to take a little bit more chances. Um, you know, I would definitely, if you're a guy that, that doesn't necessarily jump routes and, and kind of plays the call and not really allows his instincts to really take over, you can get away with it. Um, in bad weather because again everyone slips everyone's not running the most precise routes excuse me you know the ball is slippery you have a lot of different um you know things that are going on you know things that are going on that are out of your control so i would say for a defensive back yeah um take some more chances you know uh uh, uh jumping routes and and uh, because the game slows down you know if you're a guy that that isn't the blazer now you're able to the game the game makes it easier for those it's harder for the fast guys and it makes it easier for the guys that's not so fast. It's an even playing field so it allows you to to uh, be in position to make more plays but that's a good question I, I may have to take more time to think about that later, but that's my that that's what pops in my head at this moment
1: okay? Charday uh, loading asked a question earlier, and then they repeated the question after I said I was going to get to. <laughs> I, I, I was actually going to get to your stuff, Charday. I just, uh, you know, was was in the process of doing other stuff. Uh, they ask, uh, will we see? Now uh, they mentioned Kenny Moore because last mm-hmm. year and the year before, Kenny Moore was used on a lot of nickel blitzes, a lot of blitzes, and he was very very yeah. effective at it. But do you, do you think this is a game, a type of game that you could see something like that happen with a with a, a muddy field and stuff like a- that? Absolutely,
0: absolutely, absolutely. This is a game where, you know, because we're run. You, I mean, if things, you know, hold to be true with the weather being what it what it's intended to be, uh, yeah, you you see a lot of um, you're going to see a lot of condensed formations because you wanna bring bigger personnel in to run the football and, um, you know, a formation that most people will see is a a double wing and a slot backside. Well, you have a guy like Kenny Moore in the slot, you know, he's a really good blitz off the edge that protects you on the backside of an open run game. So, uh, and I think he's a really solid tackler. He's a really good blitz off the edge. So yes, I definitely, that's one of the recipes of if you're going to blitz in that bad weather and the team is just committed to running the football, you bring an extra guy off the edge, a guy that's pretty athletic that can, uh, you know, that can uh, allow everything to be played inside of him, not let things uh, cross his face and get outside the the uh, um, outside of him, lose outside leverage. So, yes, that that is actually a really good question. Awesome. Um,
1: Brandon Wood has a question as well in here. Uh popped up a little bit earlier it says when it comes to playing former teams how much will this current defense be in DeForce Buckner's ear asking about Jimmy G and and his tendencies and stuff like that walking into this game
0: another great question another great question I'm sure not only are the defensive players in his ear but the offensive um, uh, coaches you know they want to know what style of defense they want to know whatever they can about the 49ers defense, certain tendencies from D uh D Ford and Bosa and all these different guys. So he has been an asset this week, I'm sure, on both in both um coordinators' offices. So yeah, he's a huge anytime you have a veteran guy who who's who spent some time with the former team, that's part of it. You know, we want to know as much intel as possible. And uh, yeah, he's been a huge asset this year. So uh, yeah, that's a really great question. Really, really smart question.
1: Dabney Offerman also has a question. Uh, says, "Can you ask DeQuell to speak about a memory where you had to play in a terrible
0: field?" Oh yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> so I get. I, so my rookie year, my rookie year, I was playing in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh by far had the worst conditions. I feel like the AFC North. For so many years, just around October, November, the, the 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 weather was I don't want to say the word I want to say, but it wasn't good, and uh, the fields were just as worse. And so my rookie year, I'm playing. I think I believe it's the last last game of the season. I want to say, and the field is just I frozen, absolutely frozen. And I played with a guy in front of me by the name of Ted Washington. I don't know if you know Ted Washington, but at that point, I was a rookie and he was in year 16 or 17. He had played with the New England Patriots uh, for some time and probably one of the biggest humans I've ever, ever witnessed. And so we're playing this game and it's it's probably there was a outdoor, um, you know, you can see the temperature, there was a temperature gauge outside and it read 10 below. And, you know, I had never played in conditions that cold and a field so sloppy. And I remember the first half, Big Ted Washington, who stood probably 6'5", 6'6", probably. I'm glad he's hopefully hopefully he's not listening. Uh, he's probably 400 pounds Well, this guy, because of the conditions I, you know. Play happened, I slip, he falls on my heel oh, and yeah. it was so cold he falls on my heel as I'm laying flat on the ground and that's a big guy all of his weight just you know and yeah. your toes are curled like this and I heard which felt like a pop but it was so freaking cold and the field was so muddy and icy you know I just thought I had jammed my toe so I finished the game at halftime I go in at halftime they shoot it up with god knows what I finished the game I go back to the, you know, I finished the game. I'm in the showers. I'm, I'm thawing out, right? It's, it's warm and all that good stuff. And uh, the pain that shot through my big toe was pain I've never felt. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. And it was so bad because the conditions of the field was so shitty. Um, we get an x-ray the next day. I had broken my toe. Oh, big Ted had broken my because the field was so sloppy. Mm -hmm. I'm slipping all over the place. I had broken my toe, so that's one of the memories that stands out to me of the conditions being not ideal, being you know, really cold weather, and you know, playing in a place like Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh has this you can't kick more than a 55 yard the longest field goal ever kicked in Hines Stadium is probably less than 55 yards because of the conditions. So That's that's one memory that stands out to me when you you talk about just the worst game with the worst field conditions. Uh, Russell Saylor
1: says that I live in the San Francisco area and it's already started. It's going to be soggy
0: mess Mm -hmm. by Sunday. Oh, I hated those games, man. I hated those games. Oh (laughs) my God. I mean, obviously the game slows down, but you're cold. Well, Luckily for the Colts they're playing in San Francisco so you don't have to deal with 20 degree weather or 15 degree weather but it is still just you know you're cold it's uncomfortable you got to focus you got to love it you know but looking back I don't know how the heck I got through it man cuz it's just so uncomfortable and every you know your shoes are wet everything is soggy and you got to go out here and play a game and compete at the highest level
1: absolutely guys don't forget to smash that like button hit subscribe if you're not subscribed tag that notification bell so that you are notified next time we go live or upload a video and obviously if you're watching this uh on youtube go check it out the audio podcast where wherever you listen to podcasts uh it's called believe in Colts. and if you're listening to this come check us out on youtube uh, you can actually see us talking instead of just hearing us mm-hmm. occasionally
0: um so, so what do you think um are some of your keys to, to victory for the Colts here? If they're going to pull this thing out on Sunday night against the 49ers. Man, there's a uh, some big... First
1: off, don't let... Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo's dealing with that calf injury. I mm. would force him in that soggy weather that when it is a passing down, make him move around. Because, I mean, I don't want to see people get hurt, but at the same time, you know you're dealing right. with a calf. Right. It's nasty, soggy ground. That's very difficult to, right. uh, to 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 position your foot, and your calf will cramp up, and all make him move around. Don't let him sit mm-hmm. there um, because that that'll only play in your your favor. I mean, you figure the Colts are like third in the NFL in turnover differential.
0: Where right. excuse
1: me, where where San Francisco are thirtieth in the NFL. Right. They only their defense right. have only taken away two balls all mm. year. One interception, mm. one fumble recovery the entire year. So we need to find a way to to get Jimmy Garoppolo um you know, not you know, get him uncomfortable uh so that if he does have to throw it, he's he's not throwing it in a comfortable position where he might throw some picks. And obviously use the mud and the, the 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 weather to your advantage this is a team that loves stripping the football and right. i don't i can't see a better better opportunity to come out of this with multiple turnovers
0: you know right, right. so do you think Kyle Shanahan changes what he does offensively cuz you you know he loves to mm-hmm. obviously he likes to set up the pass through the run and he's 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 a moving. He he likes a moving quarterback, a mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. When there, you know when they're rolling on all sides. Do you think he changes the game plan somewhat based on um, pretty much everything that you just laid out? Because if if we see that, and I can a thousand percent agree with you, he's probably thinking, yeah, you know this calf. We don't need him rolling out as much. We need to keep him in the pocket. But I don't think that's what Jimmy Garoppolo does best. That's not a that's not a foundational. Kyle Shanahan run offense.
1: Yeah. Well, I got a feeling that um, he's probably going to use, because generally when you're playing a game, and especially at home, the the, the home team is going to try to impose their will and their style of game that they want to play against the visiting team, right? That's their initial want to do. You never want the visiting team to dictate what you're doing. Right? right i mean right. that's just just football 101 and mm-hmm. i got a feeling that he'll he'll have that thought process of what you just said and have uh, a lot of play calls and a lot of practices this week for if he has to change it at you know at a later time through the game this isn't working we you know that they, they they came to this the Colts came in expecting this and they're attacking it uh, we need to go to something else. I'm sure they're they're working on on other stuff in order to to be ready to change things up because uh, it, it's obvious what, in my opinion, I think it's obvious right. what both these teams need to do in this game. And you got to have something to catch the other team off guard.
0: Yeah, I agree. And to that point, if I'm floose on the other end, knowing everything you just eloquently laid out in terms of, the mobility of Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. I think you break your tendency this week. We saw it a little bit last week of pressuring early,
1: mm-hmm. bringing
0: some pressure early, making him feel uncomfortable. Let's see if he really trusts where he is from a physical standpoint in bad weather with a sloppy field with people diving at his feet. Let's let's really push and see if Jimmy G is ready. Um, to stand in that pocket and make and deliver these throws with pressure in the space. So I, I, I definitely see that could, I said, I, I see that both sides of the ball to be quite mm-hmm. honest. I see it on both sides of the ball because you know, defense, again, the game is going to slow down and we've talked about the issues the Colts have had protecting Carson Wentz. We may get some guys back. We may not. Um, We talked about the run game, how important that's going to be, how effective it needs to be. The Colts are coming off a a huge productive day from Jonathan Taylor, 145 yards last week. But to your point, I'm going to take your point. It's not the Houston Texans anymore. Mm -hmm. This is a well-dored machine in terms of playmakers up front in the front seven. So it's definitely the the work is definitely going to be cut out for them. But I, I see both sides of the ball, you know, applying pressure and breaking tendencies because of the weather, because of the game being slowed down and you got a wet football and all these type of things. And you know, you look at the 49ers, uh, Debo Samuels, he's had I believe he's averaged over hundred yards in every game thus far. And we're really gonna have to keep an eye on him in the passing game. And something that we're if my memory serves me correctly, we're somewhere along the middle of the pack in terms of defending the pass. Uh, we're not great, we're not bad, but we're floating in the middle someplace. Mm-hmm. And I think that's due to the inability to, to, to rush the passer effectively and have a guy uh, that that is the leader uh, when it comes to sacks and, and generating pressure. You know, because we know that that isn't what Flus loves to do. He likes to sit back and play coverage and poke balls away and, and force fumbles and, and get our hands on some picks. But in terms of, Playing behind the line of scrimmage and changing the math for an offense—that's that's just not his tendency. But I hope he relies on it a little bit more this week. AP's Aquatics appreciate you being
1: here. Thanks so much for joining. He says, uh, "Hey, DeQuell, how do you feel about the Colts secondary? You just got done talking about uh, the pass yeah. defense, and we all know yeah. Yeah, it's it's not just the, the the Colts front seven that's been having injuries this year. That secondary." Boy, there's Ooh, been man. times when uh, we had no one extra to put in that game, you know? Yeah,
0: so. yeah. you know, you, from Xavier Rhodes to recently Julian Blackman to bringing, you know, Denard and Jones off the street, basically the practice squad who will potentially have some reps to have a small sample size of plays to be able to, to help this team and give other guys a breather. They're going to be playing special team. This team has been broken many a times, but they still fight. They still play hard again. They're top five in the league of creating turnover. So what that tells me is these guys run to the football. These guys are, are active with their hands and they're trying to, you know, make play. These are game changing moments that for a team that's only won two games to lead the league and takeaways um, from a defensive standpoint, shows you just how hard they play again on a scale of one to 10, my confidence level with them, you know, holding up against the pass and being able to, to be effective against a, a guy like Debo Samuels, um, who's had a tremendous year thus far is going to take a collective effort. We don't have one guy that's just, okay, just lock down one side of the field. It takes all 11, to play the pass, and what I mean by that is pass rush. Even if you don't get a sack, just to be able to, you know, knockdowns, you know, just just, you know, uh, uh, running Jimmy Garoppolo off his spot is going to take a collective effort, which I do have more confidence in as a whole, as opposed to just the secondary in general.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's going to be, a yeah, you're right. It's going to take a collective effort and it's going to be even more of a, a an issue um, because of the injuries that we have currently right now uh, with the Indianapolis Colts and, and the inexperience. And I'm not necessarily saying like, like you were saying, it's not inexperience NFL wise. It's inexperience, right. you know, with the Colts playbook and their scheme and, and, and understanding how the guys next to you play because I mean, You might know the scheme perfectly well. You Mm -hmm. might know the coach perfectly well. You know the playbook like the back of your hand. But if you haven't had snaps with these other guys around you, your play is going to be affected because, in your mind, (coughs) excuse me, you're wondering can I trust him to be that, you know, where he's supposed to be? Um, How is he going to react to this specific situation? Do I need to do this? Lots of stuff creep right. up in a, in a defensive back's mind right. in, in it,
0: situations it, like that. It's a huge what if when you're, you've are you been a shoe in start on that team and you're playing with guys that you can't even – got to think about what the names are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're on the field, it's like, oh. You know, you just get stuck. You don't know the guy's name. You're not familiar mm-hmm. seeing his number. You're not familiar seeing the guy. And it's happened. It's happened to everyone before. Mm-hmm. And so, to your point – yeah, this goes a lot deeper than just knowing the game of football. You got to know, you got to build a rapport with this guy, especially on the back end. One mistake is a touchdown. If you're not in communication and in, in cahoots with your left corner and your right corner, you guys aren't on the same page as opposed to route concepts or whether or not the safety jumps on the route, on a dig route, and the corner replaces. All these things happen because of continuity together you know, and when you don't have it, man, I, you know, it, it. you have to, you need to have luck on your side. You need to be able to be in the right place at the right time, get some turnovers as I'm hopeful this team will be able to do. And hopefully someone comes alive uh, with the, the footing not being as great as it, it it would have if it was a great field condition. So um, hopefully, you know, we see DeForest Buckner use, use that energy to 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 come up with a big day behind the line of scrimmage and get some sacks and just pressure, you know, and it's going to help everyone. All
1: right, um, Devin Ward has a question, and I, I might end up. Well, I'll leave it as is. Uh, he says, "What do you both think Wentz's ceiling will be this year, touchdown slash interception wise?" Um, so, so I guess I guess he's wondering yeah. what our predictions, touchdown yeah. interception from what we've seen from Wentz so far this year. And so, go ahead. I'll let you go first.
0: So right now, they're two and won two games. Uh, and
1: I think he's got nine touchdowns. And he's got nine touchdowns. and Yeah, nine
0: touchdowns, one interception, which is, you know, for a guy that's been under siege, you know, for yeah. most of the season, I think those numbers are incredible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely
0: you know, and, and going into the second quarter of the season, heck, if we get some guys back, you know, Quentin Nelson, and they can get a uh, a rhythm, you know, two or three games to get in sync. And we can, you know, you, you witnessed the last two weeks of Carson Wentz having a really effective, uh, being effective throwing the football, getting T.Y. Hilton back. We don't know if it's a 50-50 chance he'll be back. But a lot of things have to – a lot of – You're talking about a lot of what ifs right now. We got a lot of guys injured and it's so difficult to say, well, heck, if everyone's back, then heck, yeah, I I think we're, you know, we have more wins than losses, you know, but (laughs) it's so difficult to say at this moment because I do question how long this O-line, if not, if we don't get all the guys back healthy and playing together, how long Carson Wentz will last. Because that's been his Achilles heel for a very long time now, mm-hmm. his health, and it's very difficult to, to. Nowadays in today's NFL, I'm giving him 20 touchdowns. I don't know, five picks, you know, I, somewhere around, somewhere in that ballpark, you know. But it, it's very hard to 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 um, you know to come up with that number at this I... point.
1: I feel like, I think that the touchdowns will go up a little bit due to uh, the first five games we played against some very, 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 very good teams. And Mm -hmm. um, also, you know, there was health issues and, you know, not sync with the players around them, things like that. I do believe that it'll be, I think he'll push closer to 30 than 20, but Mm -hmm. still, you know, that's, that's. That's fairly respectable as long as he keeps the interceptions below double digits. And right. you know, you're, you're you're saying around 5. I'm guessing 7 probably max, you know, yeah. for the season. Yeah. Um but still those those are 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 fair. Generally you want your touchdown to interception ratio, you know, at round 3 to 1 to be good, mm-hmm. you know, as yeah. a quarterback. Uh, Andrew yeah. Luck was not Andrew Luck was not someone who ever had single-digit interceptions. No, was,
0: I was going <laughs> to say he was a double-digit guy. He was a ten to twelve, you know, interception six, type. Six. Of, yeah, yeah, and he mm-hmm. would throw for like he was like a two to one ratio. Yeah, you know, around around that. But he took a lot of chances. His yes, arm strength. Did. And Carson Wentz has that uh, that that what do you call it that that arm strength that is just.
1: The trust. He's
0: got a trust. In yeah, arm he strength, he, right? he trusts oh. his arm. And his, his. I forget, Ryan Clark made a statement oh. on ESPN, arm arrogance. That's oh, what it is. Okay. I thought it was a brilliant explanation of a guy who has the arm strength and to just have the trust and confidence. He can squeeze the ball in any place that he thought he could, you know, during the course of a game. It's that arm arrogance. I think Andrew Luck definitely had it. And Carson Wentz definitely has it. And to have one interception right now is incredible um, with all the pressure he's been under the guys, the ability for him to stand in the pocket, deliver throws down the field on target, knowing he's getting hit. You know, I just cringe every time he takes the, there's a five-step drop. And when I know, you know, he's aiming downfield, you, you know, he's going to get hit at some point, but uh, you know, very hard to to predict that you know, is. With, with, with this team, with all the injuries, you know they've had a
1: recent you know that is true do? that is true it is it is difficult to to predict anything because you you don't even know what what we're going to be expecting from Carson Wentz what if week 17 rolls around and uh knock on wood hope this don't happen but you know week 15 rolls around and, and we're sitting there at like five and ten you know, and right. and right. and they decide to sit Wentz to save that first round pick. You know, because right. we're out of the right. playoffs
0: at five and ten, right? Or just or just you protect know? him, yeah. Just protect it. Exactly. You know, it's like, hey, you know what? We're gonna let we're gonna evaluate another guy. We want to see what he can do. Yeah. And in the same breath, it positions us for a better draft pick. Exactly. Uh, so that would not
1: surprise me. Would not surprise me. Now, now, I'm not saying that I expect that. I'm I'm right. I'm hoping for more of around week 15. I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm like, ah, I'm I'm thinking we could probably be, uh, maybe nine and six, eight and seven, somewhere around in that vicinity. Still, that's I, I respectable. I, yeah, that's that's a respect. I, I get we have four losses right now. Yeah, but our offense is starting to roll. You know, yeah. our offense looks good. We're going to see how good they are over the next couple of weeks, especially against sure. the, in this game, especially, you know, with the 49ers. The, the, and you know, then
0: who's after the 49ers? The Jets, I believe. Yeah,
1: Jets or the Titans. I can't remember. T- I, I right. think, I think it's I think it's the Jets. Yeah, but I know yeah, we so, play the Titans in, 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 coming right. up again. So that's going to be another one. Right,
0: right. <sighs> yeah, this is going to be a huge uh, – Huge confidence booster. Every game you win is a confidence booster, but these guys have been rolling. Carson Wentz didn't we didn't really have to rely on his arm arrogance. I like saying that now. Last week because of the run game. And, you know, if we feed Marlon Mack, as we talked about earlier, let him build his trade value so you get something better in return. Jonathan Taylor, he wants to, you know, show that he wants to keep that momentum on the ground rolling. You know, hopefully we get of Quentin Nelson back, and, you know, we got a a, a leader and a, a, a flat-out just monster on the offensive line back. You know, that helps the confidence. So, um, yeah, the offensive has it's taken some time, which I underestimated early in the season. I thought these guys could just show up and just plug in and play and pick up what where, where, where we thought they should be. But clearly, it's taken a month. To get in sync Mm -hmm. with the offense and receivers and you know I I get it now you know you don't have all your 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 horses you know um out and so you're playing with guys that you're unfamiliar with that you didn't expect to work with this much um so uh it's definitely been a uh work in progress from week to week we have a different lineup (laughs) and that's extremely difficult to play to to, to win a game, to know, you know, who's up and who isn't. So, um, definitely going to be an interesting ball ball game.
1: Absolutely. Now, uh, we're a little over an hour now, so we're going to be closing in on the end of this stream, but it's time for predictions. Uh, And the Indianapolis Colts walking into San Francisco into that possibly nasty field as four-point underdogs. Now, yeah, as four-point underdogs, I, if I remember correctly, in that situation, home teams granted three right for just being home, generally. Mm-hmm. So that means on an even to, even keel basis, uh, sports betters are saying the Niners are a one-point favorite uh, on on a, on an even keel. So um, curious, who you got oh, winning yeah. and why? Oh,
0: uh, you! I was curious to see where you were gonna go with this. You one. want me it's to?
1: So... I can I can go first.
0: No, no, I'll go. I'll go. So I feel like these teams are pretty evenly matched. You know, I, I think it can it can go either way. And on one hand, I look at the Colts defense. I'm like, these guys with a wet football and not ideal situations. These guys are gonna be all about punching that ball out, so they'll be able to get turnovers. The offense last week was clicking. Carson Wentz only threw the ball 20 times. Jonathan Taylor had a big day. You know, crowded back for everyone, had their touches. But you're playing at home against the San Francisco 49ers. This is a very talented football team. As you mentioned, they're, they have a slight advantage. I say it's a close football game. I think 49ers pull it off. 24, 21, very close game. I can
1: respect that. I think you're a little on the high end on the scoring though. I think, I think this Mm -hmm. is going to be, as you said, an Mm -hmm. ugly game. I think there's going to be some turnovers. Um, Mm -hmm. I think this is a game when the Colts know you're running the football, their run defense is good. I mean, good. Yeah. Uh, and and you're not going to expect, I think, I think the Niners are going to try to run the ball a lot. I think the Colts Mm -hmm. are expecting that. Like you said, though, Shanahan's Mm going to have to come out there and, and, and and throw some curve balls out there to catch our defense off guard. And he's the kind of coach that will do that. A lot of screens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I like the Colts chances going into San Francisco this week. Hey, I went three weeks earlier this year and was like, they're losing. And they did. I am no (laughs) longer on that train, ladies and gentlemen. I think the Colts have a real shot at beating San Francisco, even in an ugly situation, especially with the fact that we have a stacked backfield, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to see a lot of two-back formations where Mm. uh, that RPO would be so scary, in, yeah. in this situation, where you could fake the handoff or hand it off to Jonathan Taylor up the gut, and then maybe see Hines or Mac on a sweep, you know, for an option on that, I think mm-hmm. this is a situation where the Colts can really use that uh, that backfield to their advantage. And I think the Colts will eat a lot of clock on the ground, and I've got them winning fifteen
0: twelve. Yeah, I see that. I, I I can definitely understand that. It's de- definitely going to be a close football game. It, mm-hmm. no, I don't think anyone, either side, no matter who wins, is going to be a ten point mm-hmm. favorite. None. I think it's going to be within a touchdown. You know, come down the field goal. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. But uh, Sunday night, we all get to we all get to tune in. Uh, everyone gets up for a Sunday nighter. Oh yeah. I I, I my first Sunday nighter, man. It, it, every Sunday nighter feels like the very first. one because it's special. All the lights are on, and you know everyone's watching. Your mother, your cousins, your friends, your, your, your friends you don't talk to anymore, that you went to college with. Everyone's watching. And so that was always a special time. The whole world is watching. That was a special time for the playmakers to make a play, because it was going to help you whether you had personal goals of getting into the Pro Bowl and being becoming a household name. You know, I expect a big performance from Darius Leonard. I expect a big performance from DeForest Buckner, but I have to this time around, I just have to side with the home team just because they're home. For that for you know, I hope that's, hopefully I'm wrong. Hell, you know, that's
1: the great thing about doing this is we all have our own uh views on things and 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 you present a good argument for your prediction. So I, I I'm cool with it, man. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um Skyler and Kirsten, I, I haven't brought up their questions any of them, and they are a Patreon supporter of mine. So before I jump out of here, here I'm going to drop this out here real quick. It says, DeQuell, first off, did you see the Buffalo Titans game? Yes. What did you think about how that game ended? And do the Colts do you think the Colts have um uh, a path to be able to take the division back.
0: Ooh, uh watching that game, the Colts. Derrick Henry is a beast by himself, man. That that guy, as the game unfolds, he gets stronger and faster and more difficult to tackle. Oh yeah, I think the AFC South is very up for grabs to watch. It's going to it's that's tough that's a tough question because the Titans are a tough out. Mm-hmm. When they lose, they barely lose because they rely heavily on Derrick Henry and uh you know the the, the fact that they lost still gives oh, I'm sorry they won I'm sorry I'm sorry they won that game because the, the, the of, Titans uh, the tight sneak.
1: yeah the, the yeah the quarterback yeah, that the was quarterback. the dumbest direction that I'm sorry I'm well, going to cut in real quick yeah if there's any direction I know what you're going to say for Josh Allen to run on a quarterback Mm -hmm. sneak. You do not go towards Simmons. That is the (laughs) one guy you
0: try to avoid at any cost. All right. Right. Well, when they, they showed the, the replay. Well, there was two guys in the a gap and B gap, but on the right, they only had an edge player. Yeah. He's a big quarterback. Your yeah, A gap is right here, exposed. Uh-huh. Go this way. I know the, <laughs> it was probably called for him to sneak it to his left, but look at the bodies in front of you. Yeah, go here. But it worked to the it worked in Tennessee's favor. But uh, you know, this is going to be a very this is gonna this, the AFC South division winner is going to come down to the very last week. It's going to come down to the very end. That's how I see it playing out. If the Colts can take care of business and win the games they're supposed to win. And and you know this matchup against the Titans here in a few weeks is going to be very huge. You can't you can't lose two two games to a division opponent and win your division. It's not going to happen. So uh, yeah, that's going to be a good one. It's going to be a it's going to come down to the end, in my opinion.
1: Last questions because uh, had a dollar donation in the tip jar. Says uh, does the weather affect affect tape jobs? Asking because Darius's ankle is mummified.
0: yeah no no so he'll probably after halftime he'll get a respat. okay he'll he'll spat it yeah because it it becomes your foot he has one foot that's taped so that the water it just soaks and makes your foot feel that much more heavier so yeah it'll it'll affects the way he plays and you know it makes your surface a lot slip it, it makes it slippery yeah so yeah you know, I'm assuming that based on the conditions, he's definitely going to get it retaped at halftime, maybe even more than that, depending on the uh, the surface and how, how much it rains or doesn't rain. So it definitely affects you. All
1: right. Well, quell I want to say thank you for taking your time out and doing this live stream with us so that we can answer some questions by the live viewers. And appreciate each and every one of you that were in the chat today to bring out some really great questions. Yeah, they were really intelligent questions. I appreciate that. All right. So um, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Believe in Colts. Um, on behalf of myself and Dequel Jackson, I want to say thanks so much. And until next time, go Colts. Go Colts. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.